Well, it's it's cold in Minnesota. That's right here. I haven't gone outside in two days. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A. bid on iOS developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average iOS developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $2,000 signing bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the iFreaks link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept the job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash iFreaks. This episode of iFreaks is brought to you in part by Postcards. Postcards is the simplest way to allow user feedback from right inside your application. With just a simple gesture, anyone testing your app can send you a postcard containing a screenshot of the app and some notes. It's a great way to handle bug reports and feature requests from your client. It takes five minutes to set up, and the first five postcards each month are free. Get started today by visiting www.postcard.es. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of the iFreak Show. This week on our panel we have Andrew Madsen. Hello from warm, sunny Salt Lake City. James Zuber. Hello from Minneapolis. I'm Charles Max Wood from DevChat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, and that's David Mauro. Hello from uh, freezing cold New York City. Freezing cold, uh, huh? Yeah, yep. <laughs> 20 degrees, so not so nice out here. Uh, we brought you on today to talk about code standards in Swift. So have you been doing a lot of Swift out in New York City? Yeah, I have been uh, kind of the... I would say like the, the Swift standard bearer here at BuzzFeed um, because I think it just sort of appealed to me from the start for a couple of different reasons. And I've been kind of going gung-ho, like trying to learn it in my free time. And now as we're kind of moving some of our newer apps over to Swift, namely the, the news app that we're working on right now, pretty much all of my dev time lately has been in Swift. And a big part of that process is kind of nailing down, like, how should we be writing this Swift code? Because everything's new, and it's all a little different than Objective-C. You know, it's like, it's close enough that you can kind of pretend you're writing Objective-C sometimes, but uh, obviously the syntax is different. And sometimes you just have to take a completely different approach. So I'm thinking a lot about defining those standards so everyone on our team can kind of work together coherently and kind of learn the language together. So it's a blend of, you know, learning and kind of defining what we're learning at the same time. Yeah, it seems to me that in a lot of ways, there was a lot more ceremony in Objective-C and a lot of that provided structure. And where Swift doesn't have as much of that, it also then doesn't have as much of the, you have to put things together in this way in order for it to just work at all. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that too, it might be like the, the compiler is, you know, has trouble sometimes because it's so early. And sometimes you'll do things that seem like they should be right and it doesn't work. And I think I think that's maybe just Xcode playing catch up uh, at the moment. But yeah, there's definitely like a lack of convention that, you know, you have with Objective-C. And so I think part of defining styles um, is also, you know, 
part of the purpose of that is to some degree to show people how to do certain things. Um, if they sort of, you know, if you're coming in new to Swift and you might say like, I want to look at the style guide, not to know how Buzzfeed does this. I want to know how to do this period. Cause I don't really know cause it's all new to me. And so it kind of serves a dual purpose there because of that lack of convention. So I, I have to ask, I mean, I'm looking at the style guide first off, the preference to not use semicolons, I mean, I'm sold right there. But um, <laughs> to be honest, you know, it, it's like, do it this way and not this way. And I'm wondering, you know, and I've had this conversation with other people, but I want to have it on this show too. Why does it matter? I think I'll, I, I would answer the, for the same reasons that anyone else really would. It's just, you know, it's kind of like two major reasons. And the, the first is just like, it's nice to get everyone on the same page because, it can be kind of demoralizing to be writing code and knowing that like someone else on the team is writing it in a completely different way. And, you know, you kind of get that broken windows problem of just like things are a little off and that can be off-putting. But I think even more important though, is just um, some of these style questions, they aren't just aesthetic, you know, they directly affect the quality of your code. And so addressing things like how to deal with optionals, that can have a direct impact on the performance of your app. I think style guys just reduce my creativity. You know, I don't agree with that at all. It's going to do my own thing, man. <laughs> yeah, besides, so, it's your code that's the ugly stuff, right? Right, everyone else it's, is doing it wrong. It's so not my fault. If you stick with my style, then we're all good. But, I mean, one thing that, you know, style guide, people put importance on it, and the reason they do is they've done studies that if you have to think about where you're putting your spaces, where you're putting your semicolons, what do you name things? That's, that's mental bandwidth you could be using for something else. You know, if you're working on a project for a number of weeks or months, you get, you know, here's how we do spaces, here we do, here's how we do capitalization, and you're not using your mental bandwidth thinking about those things. You just fly through them. And so you're, when you're looking at the other people's code, you know how it's supposed to look. So being able to understand what people are doing it takes less bandwidth. So you have more bandwidth to handle, you know, more important things like making things work versus trying to map different underscores to spaces to capitalization, things like that. So, I mean, there's, there's a real benefit to having a, a style guide other than kind of just preference. So basically yeah. what you're saying is, is that I don't have to make as many decisions and I've got this couple pound pattern matcher in my skull that uh, if it sees a pattern, then it doesn't have to parse it as much. Yeah. You see it like, okay, I know what that is. And you can go through it and focus on the important things. Yeah. I think, I think that's a, a, a great point. And one of the, the great, the positive benefits of working with Swift is somebody is not coming with like the kind of preconceived notions of what a style guide should look like at this point. Whereas, you know, if you wrote an Objective C style guide right now and you have to consider like, a, you know, white spacing and the idea of like, well, somebody might be coming in with a different idea of what white space should look like. And then it can be kind of tough because then it's not just a, you know, you're not thinking of it as like, this tells me how to write it, but instead it's, it's telling me a different way to write it. And so you kind of have to learn a new style. So we, we get the, the luxury, I guess, of, of having people come in into Swift, you know, not without preconceived notions, possibly, about what their white space should look like in Swift. And, you know, that's, that's kind of why this is also, to some degree, I think, like a community thing where, you know, if, if you can, the things like white spacing and the, the more aesthetic things that kind of help facilitate like not thinking about the idea of nailing down is help not think about it and help get everyone on the same page. You know, if the community kind of as a whole settles on more common standards um, that, you know, are similar to other style guides, I think that kind of helps 
uh, for the same reason. You know, you kind of know, you come in like saying, oh, okay, this all makes sense to me. I don't have to think about it as opposed to, you know, coming in like, I don't know how to think about this. Please tell me how to like deal with these common problems. Looking through the the style guide, I mean, some of these make sense from sort of a, you know, removing clutter or making the code communicate a little bit better, uh, stuff like that. What I'm wondering, though, is, I guess, what are the criteria that you use for saying do this and not that? Great question. My approach, I think, is like it should serve one of those two points I mentioned before. And to some degree, I want to make the style guide very comprehensive. You don't want it to be too restrictive, but I want to try to address all of the questions somebody would have.